You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. This is, I guess, exoneration week for President Trump. I'll talk about the shady Mueller report that both vindicates and tries to smear him, plus some major new lawsuits on the deep state efforts against President Trump, including collusion with Hillary Clinton and payments to Clinton spy Christopher Steele. And plus, there's another collusion story that you may not know much about, but it's important. This is efforts by Obama Secretary of State John Kerry to undermine our foreign policy by colluding and pretending to be Secretary of State, it seems, with the Russian, excuse me, not with the Russians, with the Iranians, uh, to undermine uh, President Trump's policies on Iran. So about outrageous material there. Uh, But first up, obviously, is this week's uh, big news, which is the final release of the so-called Mueller report, which is the conclusory document Mueller has created about his investigation of alleged links between uh, the Trump campaign and the Russians and interference efforts in the 2016 presidential campaign. Well, the big news is there's no collusion. Again, President Trump has been vindicated. He's also been exonerated, despite what you hear the media say, on obstruction of justice, which was the other uh, fake crime that he was being investigated for by the Mueller operation. Now, infamously in the report, uh, Mueller refused to conclude one way or another and went out of his way to say he wasn't exonerating the president on obstruction. But Attorney General Barr uh, looked at the evidence and looked at the law and said, no, no obstruction here. Uh, you're not fooling us. And, you know, this, uh, before I begin into this, the substance of the report, this is why uh, the left didn't want Attorney General Barr talking about this uh, uh, Mueller report because they were hoping to get this giant document onto the record uh, and with all of the distracting type material in here, uh, with the hopes that the media would help them avoid the fundamental collusion, conclusions that there was no collusion, that there was no obstruction of justice. And obviously, Mr. Barr, the attorney general, received this and saw right through what Mr. Mueller was planning to do here. He and his anti-Trump activists on his uh, special counsel team and said, well, you know, look, you can put all this out, but we're, I'm not going to be distracted, and I'm going to tell the American people the bottom line, which he did. No collusion, and as Attorney General Barr concluded, no obstruction. Now, what's really outrageous about this report, as I said, it's a 448-page uh, smear document. Now, if you've been following our feed here on uh, YouTube and elsewhere, you've known I've always opposed the creation of a Mueller report. We already had one shady dossier targeting President Trump, and we didn't need this corruptly formed investigation uh, coming up with more uh, smears uh, based on what? I don't know. Uh, in, uh, I didn't know at the time, but now I know it's not based on much, uh, targeting President Trump. So the report is targeted, um, has two, at least two volumes. It's two volumes, volume one and two. The first part is uh, talks about Russia collusion. The second part uh, is the Gossip Girl part, which talks about uh, the obstruction uh, allegations against the president. Now, uh, 
the big the big news is obviously the fundamental basis of the Russia appointment of Robert Mueller is that uh, they investigate the possibility of Russia collusion, and he found no evidence to establish that the Trump campaign uh, colluded with or coordinated with the Russians in any interference efforts. So why must you ask, why do you ask, are there, let's see how many pages there are in part one. Uh, it's nearly 200 pages. Why does it take him 200 pages to get to that conclusion? Because he wanted to paper the record with allegations that suggest collusion while, again, fundamentally exonerating the president of any collusion. And it's full of detail about insubstantial, immaterial, and many ways appropriate, in the case of Michael Flynn talking to the Russian ambassador, or legal contacts between uh, Trump world and the Russians. Now, there's no there there. Of course, they've known that from the beginning. And that's one of the scandals of this report. As Mr. Uh, Barr said at his press conference this week, uh, no American, no, no American, certainly no one in the Trump campaign, knowingly colluded with the Russians to try to sway our elections, interfere with our elections, or hack uh, these Democrats, as has been alleged by Mueller. So when did they know there was no collusion? In February 2018, Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said the same thing to the American people when announcing indictments filed by the, by the Mueller team against Russians for uh, improper interference in our election campaigns. So they've known since at least February of last year but I would go back before the Mueller appointment because you have that infamous text message exchange between anti-Trumpers Peter, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page uh, where they uh, kind of talk to each other and they kind of say, well, you know, there's no there there. And Strzok wasn't sure whether he was going to join the Mueller team because he knew there was nothing to be found. But he thought it might lead to impeachment, so they thought it might be a good career path for him. Outrageous. So they've known there's no collusion. So what has happened? They kept this investigation going for well over a year extra to try to ensnare the president in, as I said, this fake obstruction crime. So the second part of the report is particularly outrageous because it's full of outrageous innuendo, one-sided depictions of events, that suggests the president obstructed justice. But of course, Mueller said, well, I can't conclude because of questions of fact or law, one way or another where he obstructed justice. And here's the, here's the um, really outrageous conclusion here. I'll get, it, I'll get to it here. I had it all teed up before it began, but now I lost the page. Because we... Because we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, which is the thing that Mueller was hired to do, we did not draw ultimate conclusions about the president's conduct. The evidence we obtained about the president's actions and intent presents difficult issues that would need to be resolved if we were making a traditional tr prosecutorial judgment. And those difficult issues, he says earlier, of law and of fact, meaning the law may not be on his side and the facts may not be on his side. At the same time, if we had confidence 
after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, we are unable to reach that judgment. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does not exonerate him. That is an outrageous smear. It's not the job of the special prosecutor to, quote, exonerate the president. He either prosecutes or he doesn't. And rather than admit he doesn't have the evidence to justify a prosecution, he suggests that it is there. And he wants to have his cake and eat it too, exonerate the president. Who exonerates the president? Not a special prosecutor. Another abuse of power by Mueller in this report. This is why it should never have been created. You have over 200 pages of Mueller criticizing implicitly the president's conduct as president over his administration of the Justice Department and the FBI. And the theory of Mueller is the president didn't like Sessions being recused, disagreed with his policy decision there, thought it was outrageous that Comey was uh, targeting him or suggesting he was being personally targeted when in fact it was not happening. And that, that perception was impairing his ability to govern the nation. And he was outraged that Mueller was appointed and complained about the various abuses of Mr. Mueller. And Mueller suggesting his concerns and his efforts to try to rein in the Justice Department, some of which he was able to accomplish by firing Comey, then firing Sessions. He suggests his obstruction of justice. The president being president, under Mueller's theory of the law, It could mean he's obstructing justice, hiring and firing decisions, expressing concerns about the Justice Department and the FBI acting inappropriately, criticizing Mueller publicly. So what's in here is a lot of innuendo, but what isn't in here is an admission that the president had something to be concerned about, about Mueller's misconduct, about the way he was appointed. Remember, he was appointed because James Comey, a witness who's used against the president here, stole documents, leaked them to the New York Times, and the documents he stole were FBI files on President Trump that he created after the fact. Meeting notes he supposedly took after the fact, or memos. So he stole those records, leaked them inappropriately, illegally to the New York Times, with the specific hopes of getting a special counsel appointed. And it happened. And the president was upset by that. He had every right to be. The special counsel suggests firing the special counsel could be obstruction of justice. The president has every right to fire, fire a Justice Department employee, especially when they're abusing their power. The special counsel suggests that president's concern about the way Manafort was treated was obstruction of justice. No acknowledgement that the president had reason to be concerned with that over-the-top, guns-drawn raid early in the morning. You know what else is in it here? Much discussion of the dossier. 
In fact, the report suggests the counterintelligence investigation into Trump world was initiated because of this uh, report that Papadopoulos, George Papadopoulos, had suggested the Russians had emails that they were going to release on Hillary Clinton or something like that. That wasn't true. That isn't why they opened a counterintelligence investigation, although I'm sure there's a paper record suggesting that's the case. They were spying on Trump well before then, and Mueller should know that. And what about the dossier? Virtually no mention of the dossier. Another reason for President Trump to be outraged. And to the degree it's mentioned, you know what they say? Even Mueller says this, unverified. You know, folks, we were right. President Trump was right. There was no collusion. The Mueller witch hunt was just that, a witch hunt. More specifically, an abuse of power and targeted harassment of the president, part of a seamless web of activity that began during the campaign to target and try to destroy then-candidate Trump with the help of Hillary Clinton and the DNC through their operatives at Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele, the hired, the hired gun spy, illicitly working with the FBI, beginning again in 2016 at least, probably before then, well into 2017. And then once even President Trump's elected, the spying continued through, the, through these illicit FISA warrants. Rod Rosenstein, after Sessions was recused himself wrongly, it confirms Sessions recused himself wrongly. How does it confirm it? Because the report admits that Sessions' communications with the Russians were incidental, non-substantial. Certainly nothing requiring recusal. And Rosenstein's talking about overthrowing the President of the United States by incorrectly invoking the 25th Amendment, wearing a wire on the President in the Oval Office. And in that same discussion, well, we'll get a special counsel after him. No discussion of the fact that Mueller interviewed for the job, and that being a concern of the President, a substantial concern of the President, in fact, they just, uh, they just uh, quote other people who think that the concern wasn't well-founded. Well, that's their opinion. This is nothing but a big op-ed piece designed to smear President Trump and provide grist for the Democratic mill, again, that, that, that seamless web to target and destroy the president to try to justify a fraudulent impeachment investigation. As I said, we were right. There should never have been a Mueller report because it was proof positive this is abusive. And now the Democrats want to fight, pretend to fight. They want to ask for a full subpoena of all the records. They don't want all the records. They just want some of the records. They don't want this FISA material declassified. They don't want all of Peter, Spade, the Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. I'm thinking of Led Zeppelin every time I say Peter Page. Isn't he Led Zeppelin? Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They don't want all their text messages. We're waiting on Andrew Weissman's text messages, the number two at the Mueller operation, who is an anti-Trumper, as Judicial Watch proved. 
So what next? Well, you know, President Trump, in the end, has been vindicated. But as I say, this was an attempt to smear him on the way out by the Mueller anti-Trump team. And I'm glad Attorney General Barr saw through it, but I would have gone a step further than Barr did. I would have come in and said, you know what, I know what you're planning to do. Stop writing your garbage report. All you need to tell me is some basic facts. It doesn't need to be more than two or three pages. And this is, this is, this is, this is fake stuff. The volume is designed, the, the, the size of it is designed to make you think there's something important in here. I read this report. You don't need to read it. Go back and read Devin Nunes' report from a year or so ago. Maybe even longer than that. I forget it was 2018 or 17 at this point. That's all you need to know. And it's more truthful than this report, which is half which is dishonest in the sense it leaves out core information. As I said, President Trump's been vindicated. The Mueller investigation failed to find any evidence to support the big lie that the Trump campaign colluded with the Russians, and it failed miserably to prove any obstruction. It's all just gossip suggesting the president was doing something wrong. It was an attack on the president for exercising his powers of president, as president. The Justice Department, and um, at least the Mueller operation, suggest that every hiring and firing decision by the president can be subject to Justice Department review. They've placed themselves above the president of the United States. I've told you before, it's King Mueller at the Justice Department. And again, I, I, we're so pleased the Attorney General saw through this, saw through the 448-page smear document, and he just highlighted a simple conclusion, no collusion and obviously no obstruction. Now, neither Mueller, look, and let's go back a step further. 200 pages of non-collusion. And it shows you they never had a good faith basis. The dossier wasn't a good faith basis. It's still two years later, three years later, unverified. And it was the fundamental basis for the FISA warrants. Carter Page, he didn't do anything wrong. You would have thought he was a Russian agent. George Papadopoulos, not a Russian agent. They knew that immediately. And when they suggested Carter Page was an agent, they were lying to the court because they all knew he was not an agent. Who needs to be investigated here? We can list it. Obama, Biden, Susan Rice, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton the DNC, their lawyers, John Brennan, James Comey, Clapper, John Kerry, a whole host of other lower-level officials, James, uh, Andrew McCabe, Loretta Lynch, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. I tell you what, if I were the president, I'd walk over to the Washington field office, the Washington field office of the FBI, and file a crime report against the FBI and Justice Department and others over what they did to him here. 
Carter Page is in the same boat. People like that are in the same boat. And there are a lot of people who are named in this as witnesses who have spent a fortune in legal fees as part of this outrageous attack on our republic. Remember, this is part of an effort to overthrow the president, folks. This is part of a coup effort. They suggested they couldn't exonerate President Trump. Outrageous. And yet Hillary Clinton, we've got, as we pointed out last week, we found documents out of the FBI investigative file of Hillary Clinton that literally says Clinton cover-up. An admission from the people who were working on her system. Yet we didn't get any language like that attacking Hillary Clinton out of the FBI and Justice Department. There was never a good faith basis to target President Trump. There was never a good faith basis to target President Trump. And it wasn't just a hoax. As I say, it was a criminal conspiracy against President Trump and many people around him. And this is why we continue to fight for all these, all these Russiagate and deep state documents in court. We have over 40 lawsuits designed to get access to this information. I'll talk about some new ones we just filed in a few minutes. And as I say with Hillary Clinton, the targeting of Trump was concurrent with the effort to protect her. And you can't have one without the other. They're two sides of the same coin. And of course, they were protecting the Obama administration, who were also involved in that cover-up as well, because the email scandal went beyond Hillary personally to other members of the Trump administration or the Obama administration. So we finally need a serious criminal investigation here by the Attorney General, and we can be hopeful that he does the right thing. Certainly he exudes confidence and competence in at least the public forums I've seen thus far. I don't agree with everything he said, but, you know, as I keep on saying, I, I never agree with anything everyone, anyone says. I joke sometimes I don't agree with everything I say. But the point being, Barr uh, at least gives a little bit of a, more of a glimmer of hope that something effective might be done. But I tell you, don't worry. We don't shut down just because there might be a seemingly good appointee somewhere in an agency. Uh, Judicial Watch has lawsuit after lawsuit to investigate the illegal leaks, the illegal unmaskings, the illegal targeting, the spying. The FISA abuses. We've got the whole gamut covered. So when people say, let's investigate the investigators, folks, we've been doing that since day one. Not Congress, not the media, which is complicit in this, but Judicial Watch. It was Judicial Watch that forced out for the first time in history FISA warrant applications that obviously were fraudulent, that disclosed that the FBI under Obama was paying the Clinton DNC spy Christopher Steele at the same time Clinton and the DNC were paying them through Fusion GPS, a joint operation against 
then-candidate Trump between the FBI, the DOJ, and the Clinton camp. The president tweeted that out just this week, that, that, that piece of information that's been out there for a bit, but it's been in the news again recently because of a new Judicial Watch lawsuit. His reaction, wow, isn't that important? Judicial Watch uncovered the 60-some-odd communications between the Obama-slash-Trump DOJ, because it was done secretly, to be fair to the senior appointees. Or I don't know if it was done secretly. I shouldn't be fair to the senior appointees, because I don't know what they knew and when. Between Bruce Orr, whose wife worked at Fusion GPS, and uh, Christopher Steele, again, fired by the FBI, but the DOJ was a backdoor away through Bruce Orr, to get steel dirt on Trump into the FBI. Unbelievable. And we have document of hundreds of pages of collusion. No discussion of Hillary Clinton colluding with Russian intelligence to get dirt into that dossier, into the DOJ and FBI. How can you investigate Russia collusion without looking at that? Well, you can if you're Robert Mueller. because he was uncontrolled as special counsel. I'd like to see, uh, and, when you look at the, and when you look at the obstruction section, as I said, it's the gossip girl. All these internal White House folks saying, oh, you know, the president wanted me to do this and do that, and it may be nervous, which is a load of bunk. Here you've got evidence of the kind of the establishment deep state approach. President Trump was not allowed to be president. You can't exercise oversight over the Justice Department or the FBI. You can't defend yourself against the, the outrageous charge of treason. The media will have you forget that was the allegation. But Democrats in Congress echoed through their allies in the media, the liberal advocacy groups like the Washington Post and New York Times. I don't call them media anymore. They're liberal advocacy groups that sometimes do journalism. Frankly, Judicial Watch does often better journalism than the New York Times and the Washington Post. They were constantly calling the president a traitor. And the consequences of that type of activity legally is potentially being put to death. So imagine the president being on the wrong end of fake charges like that. You betcha he's going to be angry, and you betcha he's going to be upset that the Justice Department, which reports to him, purports to oversee him and second-guess his decisions as president of the United States. All elements, that seamless garment related to the coup. This was an attack on our republic, folks, and this is Exhibit A on that attack. So, as I say, you know, investigate the investigators. Well, we're not going to wait for, you know, I just hope Barr does something and we may get new IG reports that will reflect as to what went on there. Maybe get some criminal referrals there that, you know, they're sitting on the last set of criminal referrals. Now, obviously, the best thing that can be done in the short term is to get the documents out. We have all these lawsuits. Just be transparent. Attorney General Barr 
erred on the side of transparency on the release of this document. Why doesn't he do that with our FOIA requests and FOIA lawsuits? I don't know if he's thought about that, but it's what he should do. And there are plenty of lawsuits to, to do that with. For instance, we just sued, again, for communications and payments to the anti-Trump dossier, dossier author, Steele. As I said, they were paying him in 2016, supposedly cut him off. We want to know if they were giving him money in 2017. And we want details on any of that money. Very simple request. We weren't asking for a lot of documents over a long period of time. You know, sometimes, for instance, you can ask, you know, give us all documents about, the, um, about your activities for the last six years. Well, the government comes back and says, are you kidding me? We can't do that. Take forever and a day to get through all that. But here we ask for documents about payments to one man for a period over a little, a little over a year and a half. Very simple request. And the fact they haven't given us anything, it suggests to me they have something to hide. In 2017, despite being fired by the FBI, Steele was talking to the FBI again. And that's according to the testimony of Bruce Orr. Again, Christopher Steele, Hillary's spy, was a confidential human source for the FBI. So when I say this was a self-licking ice cream cone, this kind of this, this hoax directed at President Trump, that he was colluding with the Russians and there was intelligence he was colluding with the Russians, it all seemed to originate with folks associated with the FBI and the Obama intel apparatus. Even when, the pre, even when the Hillary people say that, uh, well, Fusion GPS said their sources for the dossier are Russian intelligence, I suspect they were all people linked to the FBI. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just giving you my theory of the case here. So you had an FBI operative, paid informant, coincidentally working for Hillary Clinton to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. A joint operation against the president. What, what it is. The worst corruption scandal in American history. I can't say it often enough. And while they're investigating Donald Trump, it's supposed to be investigating Hillary Clinton, they're meeting with Hillary Clinton's lawyer, the top F lawyer for the FBI is, a few months before the election, in September of 2016. The top lawyer for the FBI at the time was General Counsel James Baker. And he met with a lawyer, Brian, uh, Michael Sussman, who works for Perkins Coy, which is the firm that funneled secretly the Fusion GPS, the funds from the Clinton camp, and the DNC to Fusion GPS for the dossier. Now, Baker testified to Congress, and Baker said a month before that first corrupt FISA warrant was approved, Sussman gave him documents in a thumb drive relevant to the Russia interference in the election, hacking and possible Trump connections. Remember, there is no evidence of collusion. Was this evidence false? That's what I want to know. And obviously, just the idea that Hillary's top lawyer is meeting with the top lawyer for the FBI about 
her opponent two months before the election. If that doesn't reek of corruption, I don't know what does. We already have one lawsuit on this. We filed a second one. I think this other request is a little bit more comprehensive than our initial lawsuit. We want to make sure all the bases are covered. As I said, we have 40 Freedom of Information Act lawsuits at this deep state effort to destroy our Republican form of government. I tell you, you know, the president made some smart moves. He fired Comey, who's proven himself criminally corrupt in my view. Uh, He removed Jeff Sessions, who was AWOL in terms of supervising the Justice Department. And I'm convinced if Jeff Sessions was still at the helm of DOJ, that Mueller would have continued his investigation But Attorney General Barr came in and probably saw what was happening and put a stop to it. That's what I suspect happened. You know, and the president and Judicial Watch have been right. Virtually no one else has been right. Certainly here in Washington, there have been a few media figures like uh, Hannity and Mark Levin and Sarah Carter, our friends, and obviously Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tenzing and a few other honest media folks like uh, Chuck Ross, The Daily Caller, John Solomon, as I said, Sarah Carter. Kim Strassel's been reviewing this stuff from her perch as an opinion writer at the Wall Street Journal. All do great work. Judicial Watch is the only one that was going to court to get the documents, though. And we've been saying for some time to shut the Mueller operation down, or at least I have. And we were righter than right. And the president was righter than right. Because remember, he alone, at least a part of the political class here in Washington, was criticizing Mueller. Congress was afraid to. You know, but the efforts to undermine the president continue in various ways. You've got uh, this idea of impeachment, which I don't know if it's going to go anywhere or not. The leadership of the House doesn't seem terribly interested in it. I guess they see an election coming up and an impeachment process as a distraction from their efforts, at least in the House, to retain power and on the Democratic side and the presidential campaign to obtain power. But they're not going to be able to help themselves. And even if impeachment doesn't go forward, you still have all these harassing subpoenas with unprecedented harassment of the president. They're asking for his banking records, his accounting records. They are abusing the law that target the IRS to release their, his, uh, the, his tax returns to them, something never done before, certainly with the president. So they're abusing their powers every which way they can. Even if it is an impeachment, it's as harassing as if it is impeachment in terms of the misusing the powers entrusted to them to the, by the American people to target the awesome investigative powers of Congress on a person because they don't like them politically. It's 
part of a fishing expedition. Just like the Mueller report was a giant fishing expedition that came up empty. It's the process is the punishment here, folks. But other elements of this effort to undermine Trump, and again, this is, again, it goes back to the Obama administration, and all these Obama appointees are still trying to undermine the president and undermine our nation. How? John Kerry, Secretary of State, whose department was shipping dossier-related information to the FBI to try to destroy Trump. We found the documents showing that activity was taking place, shipping classified information out there illegally, in my view, for political purposes. And when you're doing it for political purposes, it's illegal. The one document we found said, well, we beat the deadline. What was the deadline? Inauguration Day. That's Kerry's State Department. So John Kerry was trying to resurrect this corrupt Iran deal, this nuclear deal, where President Obama gave away the store to the Iranians in exchange for unverified, unverifiable promises to ratchet down their nuclear program. So President Trump came in and said, I'm not doing this. So the Obama world and the establishment has been outraged, and John Kerry outrageously has been trying to conduct his own foreign policy. Oh, wait, I thought that was illegal. That's why they targeted General Flynn. He's the incoming national security chief talking to the Russians, and they're suggesting that's illegal. We have a former secretary of state, according to reports, meeting with the Iranian foreign minister twice to try to undermine the president's efforts to undo the outrageous Iranian nuclear deal. Secretary Pompeo rightly called it unseemly and unprecedented and beyond inappropriate. Kerry also met in April 2018 with the German president, Frank, uh, Frank Walter Steinmeier, the French president, Macron, and talk about deep state, the European Union foreign policy chief, Federica Monganieri, uh, uh, Monganini. I'm, I'm mangling the name, but. And he's also lobbying Congress, which is his right as a citizen. But he's conducting his own foreign policy. He wasn't elected president, and he should have. I, what, is, it a, is it inappropriate to tell Mr. Kerry, don't talk to the Iranian government? To collude against the foreign policy set by the president who was elected to set it? John Kerry isn't Secretary of State anymore. So good old Judicial Watch, we do what we need to do to get the truth. We sued for documents between the State Department and John Kerry regarding these various activities he's engaged in. We want to know what the State Department knew about them, and we suspect, we have good reason to believe that the State Department deep staters who hate President Trump, and the State Department's one of the worst because there are so few political appointees over there, they're trying to bide their time and wait out President Trump and reinstate the nuclear deal. And I'm convinced they're working with, with uh, Kerry. 
So we're asking for the documents. And one reason we are convinced that we're right, there may be something nefarious going on, is they don't want to give us the documents. That's why we have to sue. And this is another example of why President Trump should call in the cabinet and say, you know what, on these, on these issues of corruption during the Obama administration, we need to clean house. Clear the decks, release the documents, err on the side of transparency. We've already sued for other documents on this Iranian deal. You remember the pallets of cash? We secretly sent to Iran, or I should say the Obama administration sent to Iran. The first installment, $400 million. First installment of, of $1.7 billion cash settlement the Obama administration paid Iran to resolve an arms deal. They say we owed them the money, we were just releasing it. But obviously, giving cash, cash to a terrorist regime. You might as well just send them the IEDs in the suicide vests. The Trump administration gave us documents, only a little bit of documents, and they were all blacked out. The deep state repeatedly protects the Obama administration from accountability for their corruption. And the appointees of the president are oblivious to their ability to force transparency. And frankly, their obligations to the American people and to the laws, as far as, as best we can tell, to be transparent. Now, oh, they say it's classified. They say it's foreign policy. Look, all that is discretionary. This Mueller report, the only thing that's non-discretionary in terms of material that's been withheld is... Grand jury material. Everything else is discretionary. So that's why the Democrats are going to try to fight, because they understand it's all, it's all discretionary, or a good part of it is discretionary. Of course, they won't tell you many of these redactions by, were by Robert Mueller. Again, the deep state is often responsible for this illegal transparency. So it's been a big week here at Judicial Watch. I tell you, there's no one else doing all the work that Judicial Watch is doing. Uh, we've been vindicated, the president's been vindicated, and you've been vindicated because you've stuck with us, you understood we're right about this, you agreed with us, and you've supported our work. I tell you, I, I've had people come up to me in, in significant positions of power who thank Judicial Watch because they say, we would never know what we know without Judicial Watch. So pat yourselves on the back for that great work. And, of course, I appreciate the great work of our lawyers and investigators. They're really doing the heavy lifting. I get to come out here and just talk about all their great work. So I'm proud to be able to do that. And uh, so I, I hope you have uh, a wonderful Easter. I wish you all the joy of Easter. Uh, happily, Passover is, uh, co uh, coincides with Easter this year, so I wish you... Those of you celebrating Passover, a wonderful Passover as well. So again, God bless you on this Easter holiday, and I'll see you next time here on the Judicial Watch Report. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.